Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now on ESPNCLT.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Shutdown Corner with Reggie Walker. Now, here's the former Penn State Nittany Lion, Reggie Walker. Welcome to the Shutdown Corner. We are presented by Jimbo, Reginald Walker. Appreciate y'all pulling up with me each and every week. Thanks for rolling with your boy. A lot to talk about this week. A lot of football, a lot of chaos in some ways, off the field. We've got... New college football playoff rankings, an interim coach with the Indianapolis Colts, more chaos around the Washington Commanders, and more. But as always, we start with the poll question of the week, ranked versus ranked matchup on Saturday. Most intriguing, hit me up on Twitter at rwalk13 and let me know the games. Number 9 Alabama at number 11 Ole Miss. Number 22 UCF at number 17 Tulane. Number 25 Washington at number six, Oregon, and number four, TCU, at number 18, Texas. Again, get your votes in. It's at my Twitter page, at rwalk13. That's rwalk one three. That's right. It's the Shutdown Corner. We're presented by Jimbo Reginald Walker rolling along. Let's get into it. The, the latest college football playoff rankings are out. And like I said before, a lot of people don't give a damn about anybody that can, except for those that can still make the college football playoff. Now, personally, I think there are, depending on some outcomes, there's probably nine or ten teams that can still find their way into the college football playoff. Some of them will need some help, but it is possible. And I'm going to walk you through my thoughts on these. The number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, two things that stand out. Wins over now number six, Oregon, and number five, Tennessee, loom large for this football team. Who else has two top six wins? Nobody. Uh, they also passed the eye test, obviously. The defense... Their, their toughest test was clearly Tennessee's offense, and they passed that test with flying colors. The dogs do their best work on defense. Kirby Smart, mastermind on that side of the ball. They got two winnable games left in conference play at Mississippi State at Kentucky. Now, again, they're both on the road. And then they finish up against Georgia Tech at home. So the SEC championship game, which is very likely, I think, uh, for Georgia, barring something chaotic because they'd have to lose two to fall behind Tennessee, they're likely going to play LSU. And that'll be the last hurdle into walking into the college football playoff as the number one team in the country. So keep an eye on that. And we'll get into LSU in just a few minutes. Number two, Ohio State. Uh, two wins versus ranked teams on the road at number 14, Penn State. And oh, by the way, let's take it all the way back. Remember when they beat Notre Dame at the beginning of the season? That win's starting to look better and better for the Buckeyes. Notre Dame now 
in that top 25, and that bodes well for the Buckeyes in terms of a resume. Now, they still have the Buckeyes, I mean, a big one at home against number three, Michigan, November 26th. That's the game to watch. Uh, If they get past that one, in my opinion, they'll win the Big Ten championship game easily. Um, An undefeated Big Ten champion is in. They could get a strength of schedule boost by Notre Dame beating USC the last week of the season to add to that. So I think the Buckeyes, as long as they just win their games, I think they are in. Speaking of the Buckeyes and winning their games, one of the teams they got to beat, I just mentioned, number three, Michigan. And Michigan's been dominant against most of their schedule, even though the non-conference portion wasn't loaded with high-quality teams. Uh, They were dominant. Now, they were dominant. They ran for 400-plus yards against Penn State last month. Penn State now number 14 in the country. But that sent a message, I think, to the country that this Michigan team, despite the schedule, from an eye test standpoint, at least offensively, is legit. Now, they got to finish the season against two teams that are currently ranked. Number 21, Illinois, which is basically the team that's leading the Big Ten West uh, on uh, November 19th. And then obviously the big one at Ohio State on November 26th. If they win out, uh, they're likely going to face Illinois again in the Big Ten championship game. Bottom line, went out and they're into the college football playoff. If they lose to Ohio State, keep it close. They'll need some help. But the Michigan Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh may have a chance to still sneak in there if they lose a close one to Ohio State, depending on some of the other outcomes around them. Number four is TCU. Look, man, just survive in advance. That's all that matters. Just don't lose. Got two huge road games the next two weeks at number 18, Texas, and at Baylor, and that'll help the strength of schedule. They also play Iowa State to end the season. That's not going to really help the strength of schedule. Likely, um, Winning those games, they would then play in the Big 12 championship game, which will give them another data point in their favor. Uh, the problem is, you know, the eye test, they haven't passed it. You know, the committee has talked about how they've had to come from behind a lot, so that's going to be an issue for them. Uh, the failures of Oklahoma, Kansas, and Oklahoma State fading right now, that, that doesn't really help the fact that TCU has had to come from behind a lot, right? And then – at the end of the day, though, they, they've overcome it all with wins. And so there are some losses around them in the regular season as well. Michigan-Ohio State, somebody's got to lose that game. Uh, that could put them in the top three as an undefeated team with the Big 12 championship. If they have that, um, I think they're in at that point. I think it'll be hard to keep them out as an undefeated Big 12 champion. I think, I think you're going to have to keep them in there, and they're going to get the nod. Let's move further down to the teams that right now are sitting on the outside looking in. Well, let's start with number five, Tennessee. They've got top 10 wins against number nine, Alabama, and number seven, LSU. So uh, that bodes well for them because from an eye test standpoint and from the resume standpoint, it's there. But the problem is their offense looked human against Georgia. But who hasn't looked human against Georgia, right? Um, the key, that's Tennessee's only loss. And their last three games of the season, they play Missouri. Then they're at South Carolina and at Vanderbilt. So all very winnable games. And then there's plenty of potential losses around them. Michigan, Ohio State, somebody's got to lose that game in the regular season. The SEC championship game, somebody's got to lose that. Because right now, Tennessee is outside of that game looking in. Oh, by the way, TCU, if they keep playing at some point, they could potentially lose maybe a Big 12 championship game, something of that ilk. Uh, We talked about Michigan, Ohio State, and there's a slight chance that Georgia could lose the SEC championship game. So, 
a lot of pieces to this, but remember also the Vols have a win on the road at LSU, so that will bode well because LSU, number seven in the country, and like I said, we'll get to them in a minute. Next, we want to get into number six, Oregon. They're in a pretty good situation. They've got at least two more games this week against number 25, Washington, and next week against number 13, Utah, both at home in the regular season against ranked teams. If they win out in the regular season, they're going to play the Pac-12 championship game, which will likely be the winner of USC and UCLA. So that's a third opportunity against a ranked team in the last month of the season to pick up wins. Also, as you heard me say before, there's at least one loss in front of them. And barring something wild, Tennessee likely won't be a conference champion. And the reason why Tennessee likely won't be a conference champion is Oregon would likely leapfrog them if they are a conference champion, regardless probably of what people may think of an eye test standpoint, because the committee does take into consideration conference champions. Oh, by the way, speaking of Oregon, their one loss is against number one Georgia. So that's a positive. Uh, If you're going to have a loss, you better lose to the number one team in the country, the team that everybody thinks is obviously the best one in the country. Now let's get into the teams that I think still have a shot that are on obviously, you know, not in the top six because you generally see the graphic. It has six teams, not just the four. Uh, So let's get to, to who else has a shot. I think number seven, LSU. They got to win out. Obviously, that would mean beating Georgia in the SEC championship game. If that happens, they'll have the best win at the end of the season. They'll have won seven straight games going into the college football playoff. It ain't going to be easy. Two road games left to navigate at the end. And as I mentioned, Georgia in that SEC championship game. So LSU still has a shot. They can still find a way. They just got to win out. Brian Kelly's doing an excellent job. I love the guts he had against Alabama to go for the win there, and he got it. Got to give them a lot of credit for for trying that and and going down that route. Now let's jump outside of the top seven. I mentioned these two teams earlier. Who's going to play Oregon in the Pac-12 title game? Number eight, USC, or number 12, UCLA? Remember, there's no divisions in this league. Both of these teams still play each other uh, going down the stretch of the regular season. SC also is playing a surging Notre Dame who's sitting at number 20 in the country. On the flip side, UCLA. We talked about they play USC. If they can find a way to beat them, they'll likely end up in the Pac-12 championship game against Oregon. Summing it all up, picking up two top 12 wins down the stretch along with a Pac-12 championship, that could bode really well for either one of these teams. It'll definitely give them a playoff shot. They're going to need some help, but we'll see how that plays out. So again, UCLA or USC, whoever wins that game, If they turn around and beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, they've got a real shot. Add to that, USC still has to play a surging Notre Dame. So keep an eye on who wins that game, the Battle of L.A. down the line. Next up, number 11 Ole Miss. They play number 9 Alabama this week. They could make, I think, they could make the college football playoff if they win out. They need an LSU loss. The reason this is significant, they don't have that cupcake late season game. They got three SEC games left. It's going to help their strength of schedule. If they can pull that off and get some help from LSU, and then obviously they would have to take down George in the SEC championship game, Ole Miss is in. Now the path is obvious. The job of doing it is a whole nother story. It's the shutdown corner presented by Jimbo Reginald Walker here. Speaking of doing the job, Jeff Scott at USF. I've said this before. 
This is a results-based business. And four and 26 over basically three seasons, USF had three games left as of the firing. That's not going to get it done. The USF job isn't easy, but ain't nobody going to accept losing because the high-quality talent at the high school level in the Tampa area, nobody's going to want to hear that you can't find players. Jim Levitt started that program back in 2000, coached there for 10 years. Since that, this program has been a model of instability from a head coaching standpoint. The names have been there, Charlie Strong, Willie Taggart, Skip Holtz, but nobody has stayed four full seasons since Jim Levitt left. I'll say that again. Nobody has stayed four full seasons, which is basically a whole recruiting cycle, since Jim Levitt left. That's a problem. South Florida needs to find some stability and order with that program. I'm thinking it may be a great opportunity for a guy like Willie Simmons, Tallahassee native, has kept Florida A&M program playing well. Scott Frost is a thought, right? He's proven he can win uh, in terms of recruiting in Florida. His coaching record a little bit different, only that one winning season while he was at UCF where they went undefeated. Otherwise, Scott Frost does not have any winning season. So, Uh, He may not be the answer there. Or I think, uh, for me, the guy that I've been screaming his name for a lot of jobs lately is Josh Gaddis. Gaddis has been a great offensive coordinator slash play caller at places like Penn State, Alabama, Michigan. He's currently the OC at Miami. Oh, by the way, he in Florida, already recruiting down there. So, to me, I think Josh Gaddis is a name to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be the answer, but that's a guy that I would keep my eye on that's going to get an opportunity as a head coach in college football real real soon now as far as jeff scott maybe he should go back to clemson i think it's certainly possible i mean if you want to talk about clemson football team struggles it's been on offense they've had issues generating as many big plays in that passing game as they have in the past scott was the co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach for both the clemson's national championships in 2016 and 2018 those explosive receivers that they had at the time guys like t higgins uh and 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 the list goes on and on justin ross you know, when you look at this football team, they just haven't had that the last couple of years. And, and you add that to the struggles of DJ Uyunglele, and, and that's where you see some of those issues. So, you know, Jeff Scott, back to Clemson, that may be interesting. Um, I, I think it's a perfect fit. Obviously, it's somewhere he knows. Why not get him back there and try to get that thing rolling again? It's the Shutdown Corner presented by Jimbo Reginald Walker here. I'm going to pick some games in college football. We're going to keep this really, really brief. On these picks, first, let's look at some ranked road teams on the road at unranked teams. Number seven, LSU at Arkansas. LSU's favored by just three points. Somebody in Vegas knows something, but I do like LSU in that game. They will win that game by four points. How about that? Number 19, Kansas State at Baylor. How about this? Baylor is favored by two and a half. They're the unranked team playing at home. I like that right there. Keep an eye on Baylor to find a way to win that game. I love what Dave Aranda does. Defensively, number 15, North Carolina at Wake Forest. Wake Forest is favored by three and a half. That's interesting to watch. Uh, Obviously, North Carolina is playing really, really well. They're they're staring at an opportunity to win an ACC championship. I suspect they will play pretty well. It's the shutdown corner presented by Jimbo Reginald Walker here. Let's talk some ranked versus ranked games. Number nine, Alabama at Ole Miss. Uh, The Rebels are playing well. They'll be able to attack Alabama, both the passing game and the running game. Kiffin. I think it's one of the best play callers in the nation. I like Ole Miss a lot in this game. They got a lot to play for. But Nick Saban hasn't lost three games in a season since 2010, his fourth year at Alabama. I don't see it happening again. 
I think Todd get this win, and it's a big boost for their resume beating Ole Miss this late in the season. Number 25, Washington at number six, Oregon. The Ducks know. They went out. They'll likely be in the college football playoff. They're rolling since they were dismantled by Georgia to start the year. I like the Ducks in this one. Their defense will make plays. Shut down Michael Penix Jr. and Wayne Talapapa, uh, the running back from from Washington. I, I like the Ducks. They'll win this football game. Number four, TCU at number 18, Texas. The Horns playing good football early in the season. You know, they weren't. And they got an emotional win last week at K-State. Outside of last week, though, their wins have come against West Virginia, who's last place in the Big 12, Oklahoma, seventh in the Big 12, Iowa State tied with West Virginia for last in the Big 12. They also lost without Quinn Ewers to Texas Tech. So, you know, this is a Texas football team that's lost to some teams that are not really good. But at the end of the day, I think they play well. But I think TCU marches on. I like the Horn Frogs to pick up the win in this one. It's the Shutdown Corner presented by Jimbo. Coming up next, we got legal action in D.C. surrounding the Washington Commanders. Plus, my thoughts on the Colts firing Frank Reich and where they went for an interim head coach. And I'll pick some games. Stay with me. It's the Shutdown Corner. We're presented by Jimbo. Are you looking to upgrade your workout experience? We have the perfect platform for you with Jimbo. Jimbo is an app that helps you find local workouts, group fitness events, and venues for facility rentals. Upgrade your workout experience all with one app with Jimbo. For more information, visit Jimbo.us. That's G-Y-M-B-L-E dot U-S. Or on Instagram at Jimbo app. Jimbo, grow together. Welcome back to the Shutdown we are presented by Jimbo. Follow Jimbo on Instagram at Jimbo App to learn more. That's G-Y-M-B-L-E-A-P-P at Jimbo App to learn more. We talked a lot about college football last segment. Now we're going to get into some National Football League talk. We're going to talk about the NFL. And it's a lot of things out there. We'll get into what's going on with the Indianapolis Colts. But first, we got action in D.C., boss. We got action. That's right, the... Attorney General for the District of Columbia, Carl Racine, says his office is suing Dan Snyder, the commanders, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, and the league itself, uh, saying on Twitter basically that his office is, quote, suing commander's owner, Dan Snyder, the commander's, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell, and the NFL for colluding to deceive district residents, the heart of the commander's fan base, he says, about an investigation into toxic workplace culture after public reporting revealed that sexual misconduct, harassment, and misogyny ran rampant for decades at the team. The defendants promised D.C. residents that the league was going to fix the toxic culture, including by fully cooperating with an independent investigation. That was all a lie, end quote. Coming from, again, the Attorney General Carl Racine, uh, basically upset and, and, and putting some litigation out there against those entities. Now, here's my thing. I don't know what the hell this means. I really don't. I'm not going to act like I do. I know this. Daniel Snyder is still being investigated for those things mentioned there. Plus, there is a conversation about whether or not, again, these are allegations, conversation about whether or not Dan Snyder engaged in sort of essentially hiding some money that was supposed to be part of 
revenue sharing. And if he did, he will never hear the end of that. And that to me is what has owners ears perked up as to what happens with Dan Snyder moving forward. It's amazing to me that when last week, Daniel Snyder announced that he was working with bank of America to explore some transactional opportunities within the team that hours later, it came out that he was being investigated federally. So I don't know what's going to happen with this situation. I don't know what the story looks like in the end, but I think it's going to end up with Daniel Snyder not owning that football team because those other owners are going to do their thing and do their best to get him out of there. And so to me right now, for him, he's got to just be looking at the profit margin and call it good. It's the shutdown corner presented by Jimbo, Reginald Walker here, Frank Reich, fired by the Indianapolis Colts, a 40-33-1 overall record. It's hard to win when you got instability at quarterback. Not making excuses. But he never had two straight seasons with the same quarterback. Think about that. Two straight seasons with the same quarterback being unheard of in an organization. You know, Andrew Luck's retirement was abrupt after the 2018 season. Then they had Jacoby Brissett for one year. Then Phillip Rivers, in year 17 of his career, shows up for 2020. Carson Wentz gets cast off by the Eagles, ends up with the Colts. That doesn't work out. He's now in Washington, D.C., And then here comes Matt Ryan, who they started the season with this year. He's in season 15 of his career. So instability and age at the quarterback position, not going to get it done for the Colts. Frankly speaking, who the hell you think is winning consistently without any quarterback continuity? You can blame it on the GM. You can blame it on the players. You can blame it on whoever you want, the coach too. But at the end of the day, if you don't have quarterback continuity, you're not going to win consistently. So... Frank Reich fired by the Indianapolis Colts with a 40-33-1 record. Now, my issue, to an extent, is where they went for an interim head coach. Let me let me break this down here on Jeff Saturday as far as I'm concerned. <sighs> I got an issue with their process, all right? I don't know Jeff Saturday at all. I don't. What I do know is he was a good player for the Colts, a really good player for the Colts for a long time. He knows football. But I'm confused about what organizations look for when they make coaching hires. There's a lot of coaches on that staff that should have, could have gotten the opportunity to serve as interim head coach. Here's why. When you talk about opportunities for coaches to move up in the National Football League, it's about, quote, exposure and how much that oftentimes is an issue for a lot of coaches. Well, there wasn't any exposure from a coaching standpoint with Jeff Saturday. The thing is about Jeff, and I don't mean to disparage Jeff, Jeff was a consultant with the team, but he was not among that coaching staff every day putting game plans together. I have a little bit of an issue with how they went about that. Again, Jeff Saturday, he didn't do anything wrong here. It's the nature by which he got the gig. It's the shutdown corner presented by Jumbo Reginald Walker here. Picks, picks, picks. Seattle at Tampa Bay. Seattle's leading the division. Tampa now 4-5, and five, leading the division in the NFC South by virtue of the Carolina Panthers dispatching of the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday night. I like Tampa to win this football game. Geno Smith cools off a little bit. Tom Brady starting to heat up off of that emotional win last week. Minnesota at Buffalo, two first-place teams. Look, Josh Allen battling some injury. The Bills are 6-2. and two. Jets and Dolphins right behind him at 6-3. and three. Two first-place teams, like I mentioned. I like Buffalo in this one if Josh Allen plays. If they don't play, I like Minnesota. Cleveland at Miami. The Miami Dolphins are looking to keep pace. I just mentioned they're a half game behind uh, the Buffalo Bills. They need this game to be able to keep pace. I think Miami wins. Denver at Tennessee. Titans bounce back. 
They're in first place in their division by a wide margin. They recover from the emotional loss against Kansas City. Dallas at Green Bay. Easy, simple, plain. Aaron Rodgers is a mess. Cowboys coming off a bye. Them boys win that game. Chargers at 49ers. CMC in this offense, I don't want to hear nothing about Justin Herbert. It's all about Christian McCaffrey and Shanahan in that offense. Niners win this game. And then Washington at Philadelphia on Monday night. Eagles favored by 11. They will not win by 11. They will win the game, but they will not cover the spread. It's the Shutdown Corner presented by Jimble. Reginald Walker here. That wraps up the show this week. Appreciate y'all listening each and every week. Saturday, I'm on the call. Gardner-Webb at Campbell. Kickoff at 1 o'clock. Phil Constantino and I on the call for that one. WGNC Radio. Tune in app there. Trey Lamb and Gardner-Webb looking for a big South championship. They win the last two. They're in, and they're in the playoffs. All right, how about that? They win the last two. They're league champs, big South champs, and they're heading to the playoffs. And then next week, I'm on the call. High school football playoff action, Bay Huckle Sports on Friday night. And then obviously on Saturday, calling the season finale of Charlotte football. Catch that one at 3.30 on ESPN3. Me, Bobby Rosinski, Hannah Brady on the call. Until next week, watch some ball, talk about some ball. I'm always interactive. Hit me on Twitter, at rwalk13. It's the Shutdown Corner presented by Jimbo. Right here on 7.30 The Game. I'm out.